All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, sponsored by Lion Bolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and featured titan today, I'm super excited, absolutely honored and thrilled, Alec you, you, you cannot understand how excited I am about this, especially from Henderson, North Nevada. So Alex Rivlin, it's an honor and a pleasure, my friend. And I can't wait to dive into the series of questions. Well, thank you so much. And, and thank you for having me on. It's honestly, the honor is uh, on, on me. I mean, the people that you've had on this show before is phenomenal. So I am uh, humbled to be in great company. I, I appreciate that, but uh, the, the feeling is mutual, my friend. I, I, everybody out there is super excited to really dive in just to get to know you a little bit deeper, learn from you, and, and really understand what helps grow and scale business um, from one of the best and brightest. So uh, I guess without further ado, Alex, let's just start with really talking about you know who you are and, and what drives you and, and what got you into the business, where you're from, your niches, that sort of thing. Just introduce yourself, I guess. For sure. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so I'll, I'll go a little ways back. Uh, so born and raised uh, in New York, was born uh, in the Bronx, raised in the suburbs, about 18 miles north of New York City. And uh, I don't know if it was if it was the hustle or if it was uh, you know, me being very young and kind of becoming the man of the house after my parents split. Mm. I just, I just always had this drive and, uh, started working at 10 years old, uh, running a paper route. So working seven days a week and, you know, at the, and now we're talking back and I'm going to date myself here, uh, 1983, 1984 at 10 years old and, you know, making myself, you know, between 30 and $50 a week. And then at 12 years old, I, I really wanted to work at the local bicycle shop. I, I raced BMX a bit. And uh, on an amateur level, nothing pro. Oh, okay. um, and uh, started working at the bike shop and worked there until I was 16 years old. Okay. Uh, moved on from bikes because I graduated because somebody gave me this really, really cool car. Hmm. But the engine was in the trunk. Like not, it was, wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't a rear mounted engine like a Volkswagen bug. The engine was in the trunk in pieces. And I said, well, if I could fix bikes, I could probably fix a car, right? You know, sure. who could, you know, of course. So I uh, had a friend help me and put the car back together and had this really awesome car. But then from there, I was like, oh, maybe I should be working on cars. So did that. And my father wanted to move out to Vegas for as long as I can remember. And uh, so he brought me out here in February of 1993. Okay. And uh, I looked at it. I really liked what I saw. I liked, uh, I liked the weather. I loved the opportunity. In New York, everything is so established. So to get into something, you kind of have to get under the wing as somebody that already has that book of business and that rapport right. and, and take it over. So for instance, if I wanted to open an auto shop there, well, everybody knew and, and you know, everybody's going to laugh at this because it's New York, of course, <laughs> right? Everybody knew Vinny and everybody knew Joey. Oh, and those were the that. two guys with the mechanic shops, right? Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I, I'd have to work there forever and hope that their kids weren't going to take it over for me to actually own the business. Wow. So looking at Vegas, I saw opportunity. I saw weather. I always like to say, you don't have to shovel sunshine. And, uh, and, and then I, I was looking at the school at UNLV mm. and came out and decided I was going to come out here. Told my father I was going to come out here. He didn't believe me. Mm. Three months went by, four months went by. He's like, yeah, you're not leaving in July. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. And finally in June, he was like, you're really going? So he decided I, I better go too. Mm. So, uh, so he came out. My family ended up following me out. And my father and I actually bought a business together. Um, when I was 18 years old, uh, he knew nothing about, he was a publisher and, and a newspaper distributor in New York for years. And he, uh, 
decided to get into the auto repair business. So mm-hmm. we bought we bought a shop, expanded to five shops by the time I was 22 years old. And by the time I was 26, I was completely burnt out. Unreal. Wow. Not not a not a super fun business. It can be in certain ways, but I should have gotten into restoration or do the stuff like uh, the guy Chip Foose does on uh, on TV with overhauling, <laughs> fixing oh, cars. Chip. Come on, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> that is all. That's the awesome side of the business. Yeah. Uh, so from there, I started uh, a scratch insurance agency with a big company called Farmers Insurance. Most people know it. Yeah. And, uh, and if you really, really, if you've got kids that are running around all the time saying we are farmers, bump, 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 bump. <laughs> I am somewhat to blame for that because I actually sat on a board with farmers for four years. Uh, and I was one of the 16 decision makers behind their advertising campaigns, behind a lot of the decisions they made to be on Casey Kane's number five NASCAR. Uh, you know, the, the University of Farmers campaign came out under, under the supervision of, of our ad council and board. So it was, uh, it was a great, uh, great experience to learn how a $180 million a year budget is spent and how it's measured. That's even the more fascinating part is how do you measure things that most of us would look at is you can't quantify that. Sure. You can't tell me how much business you get off of that. And we can, mm. you can absolutely tell there's so much data and analytics behind it. It's phenomenal. Unreal. Uh, from there, I saw an opportunity to, uh, to help in an area of the insurance business that was really uh, lacking for the consumer, which is the health insurance side. If you don't, if you don't work for a company that has health insurance, Frankly, you're you're kind of stuck, and a lot of brokers, a lot of health insurance agents don't really want to work with you as an individual, Greg. You know, mm-hmm. because you're one person, or maybe it's your family of two or three or four. Sure, but sure. That's, there's not a lot of money in that, and it's a lot of time to explain this very complicated product of health insurance to you. Hmm. So um, I thought there's got to be a better way, and I struggled with it with my agency, and I was one of the fastest growing agents in the country. So I started oh, okay. talking to all of my colleagues that were also very high producing agents. And so what do you do when it comes to health insurance? And when they all said they have problems too, I realized if it's a systemic problem, whoever figures out the solution, they're going to do well. I love that. <laughs> so, yes. So from there, I, uh, I decided to raise some capital and I started a company called InsureMonkey and InsureMonkey uh, was the equivalent of what Expedia is for airlines, but for health insurance. So we aggregated all of the data. We operated in 43 states. We aggregated all of the data from the major carriers, United Healthcare, Anthem, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just every carrier that you could imagine wow. and displayed it and gave you the ability to compare side by side, look for doctors on the plan, and then ultimately apply. Uh, okay. The Affordable Care Act was then ushered in, which changed the dynamic of our business we went ahead and, uh, and and shifted our business to be more carrier centric instead of consumer centric, ultimately to the consumer, but we sold to the carrier and then the carrier sold to the consumer. Wow. And, uh, and then ultimately uh, we got, uh, we grew that company from, from ultimately just uh, me and a partner to 165 employees in a matter of three years. We were on the Inc 5000 list, the 79th fastest growing company in the country, ninth in software, first in Nevada. Um, you know, and got mentions in many other major publications that you know the names of. Sure. And ultimately, the Affordable Care Act had an impact on our business, so we ended up selling to our uh, to our largest enterprise client, and are still winding down elements of that business. Wow. Uh, and then I was looking for what to get into next, and here's where real estate came in. Okay. And I didn't look at real estate like most people probably look at real estate, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people look at it as 
houses are fun. People want to buy houses. Yes, there's some scenarios of say divorce or death where a sale is not necessarily the most fun thing to deal with. Right. Uh, but for the most part, house buying's pretty cool, pretty fun. A lot of people like it. Yeah. The other thing is there's fairly significant commissions. There's big checks. This is, uh, you know, when I had my insurance agency, you'd come in, I'd write your auto and I was, I got a whopping 60 bucks. Now right. insurance is an awesome business because it's that residual. It just keeps coming in mm-hmm. over and over again, but it's not, you don't have that instant gratification. You're not getting a big multi-thousand dollar check, right. you know, four or five, even six digit check in one shot. Um, so that's why a lot of people look at real estate and go, wow, this is, this is where it's at. It's a fun business. There's a lot of money in it. I didn't get in for that reason. I got in because I had learned that in the Las Vegas market, that 82% of people that get their license and sign up to the association do not renew after the first year. That's unreal. Unreal. And I said, wow, that's such a, you know, that's such an amazing stat. And I've even seen uh, posts, Tristan had posted a couple of years ago in the lab code agents group that then that the national stat is 87% failure rate within the first five years. I've heard that it's in three years. So I don't know which stat is exactly right, but we know that it's a, you know, if you, if you look to your left two people and you look to your right two people, when you're in school, only one of you is going to be around in about, you know, somewhere between one and five years. Wow. And that's a staggering stat. And I started looking at why, why is it that all of these agents are, ultimately packing it in because if I interviewed all of them coming out after they just paid all their dues and were really excited to give away a couple thousand dollars to their local association. And I said, what are you thinking you're going to do with this business? The one thing I'm willing to bet is that they're not going to say, you know, I'm pretty fickle. I like trying a lot of different things in my life. I'm usually good for six or eight months, but in a year from now, you won't see me in this business. Right? (laughs) Right. They're not going to say that. No, that's not going to (laughs) happen. No, they're going to say, oh, I know a lot of people, three of my friends just bought houses. I could have made X amount of dollars if I had helped them and I am ready. Or they're going to say, I had a really bad experience with an agent and I could do a better job. Whatever their motivation was to get into the business, all of a sudden it changes because, well, houses are not like a pack of gum at the checkout counter at the grocery store where it's point of purchase. And you go, Ooh, you know what? I wasn't thinking about gum, but I want a pack of gum. Nobody goes, Ooh, I wasn't thinking about a house, but let me buy a house today. Right. So the, the issue with real estate for most people is, well, the first one that I can't really solve is they're undercapitalized. Sure, they sure. don't have enough money to withstand paying their bills. I don't even mean investing in their real estate business, but just paying their bills at home right. until that first commission check comes in. Sure. The second piece, and this is what I believe I can impact and the reason I got into the business is that they don't know what to do and when to do it. So you ultimately in real estate need to meet a client where they're at, right? And you need to know where they're truly at, not necessarily where they say they're at, because they might be saying that they're 18 months out, but it's based on a myth. Oh, I need a 720 credit score. I need 20% down. And ultimately you need to debunk that myth. And by the way, when you debunk that myth, never make them wrong. Hmm. Just show them that you have a solution, right? When you say, no, you don't need a 720 credit score. No, you comes off a little salesy and nobody likes to be wrong, right? I don't like to be told I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. I don't like to be told. (laughs) Likewise. Uh, likewise. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. So ultimately I, I knew that I could implement through my progress at InsureMonkey and how big we got that. 
um, what we did with our CRMs there, how we built campaigns and platforms, what I did with my farmer's agency, and even what I did with my auto repair shop and how I made those businesses all more efficient mm-hmm. uh, and, and basically created systems around them as opposed to just running them haphazardly. Sure. Right? Um, you know, whether you like it or not, and most that I mentioned this to say they don't, but whether you like it or not, McDonald's is probably one of the most well-run systematic small businesses in the world. Sure. Because everything has a system. And so with that, I said, I can implement systems. I could create, you know, I call it Fisher pricing it, right? Big colorful buttons, like Mm -hmm. do this now, press this now. And the pop goes, the weasel comes out, hit this. And you know, you see big bird, uh, whatever it is. And I could take those systems, put those together, curate the best technology. I was not looking to develop new technology for the industry. It exists out there. There's great technology out there. Oh, for sure. Couple that technology together and give agents a consistent way to follow up, nurture, what to say, how to say it, when to say it, um, you know, how to deliver a great messaging and put that together and ultimately make a, make a small difference. I, I'm not going to change that 82%. I'm not going to bring that down to 60% or 40%, but if I can make a small difference, mm-hmm. um, it goes back to, to one of my favorite little stories, uh, the starfish story where okay. the kid's walking down the beach and he's picking up starfish and throwing them into the water and older gentleman walks up to him and says, son, what are you doing? And he says, I'm saving the starfish. Mm-hmm. And he says, son, there's millions of them washed up here on the beach you're not going to make a difference. And he picks the last one up and he throws it. And he said, I made a difference to that one. There we go. And ultimately that's why I got into real estate is I want to make a difference mm-hmm. to that one. I'm hoping it could be more like 20 or 50 or 500 or maybe in a, even a few thousand. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to actually impact that 82% other than incrementally over from the right. decimals, but whatever I can do, I'll know that I left the world better, a better place than I found it. Well, but Alex, but everything you're talking about is is true nature into to giving and and really looking at it from the standpoint that you care about your peers, you care about the industry, and obviously your team and the clients that you serve, and all that comes out through your story from you know where you started out at 10 years old all the way to where you are today and excelling and and systematizing and really trying to figure out the best possible ways to produce the best possible outcome, and I, I love that you had mentioned really. Uh, breaking it down for real estate professionals, especially ones that might be starting out. And, and seasoned pros can take the basics from, from a lot of scenarios. And there's a lot of seasoned pros that tune into this series to learn from other greats such as yourself. But um, I do want to lead into, before we get into the next question here, you're developing a very specific program. And I would love to share that with the audience because it's it makes a lot of sense for anybody who's watching or listening to this. So could you share just a little bit about that and, and just kind of the background upon it before we kind of move on to the next question? Sure. Yeah. So it's uh, really what you're talking about. Uh, we spoke about it a little bit earlier is, mm-hmm. is a pretty comprehensive onboarding system. So one of the things that I did when I started putting my team together was I did curate a lot of different technology and I was training them on that. And sometimes I would have a new agent on board and there weren't three or four new agents onboarding. And then I'd have another new agent on board three weeks later. And now they're slightly off. And I realized that I didn't have this great teaching system Hmm. on how to get them onboarded onto those systems and use them properly without direct interaction by me. So I started looming videos, I, you know, instead of doing the one-on-one conversation with you, Greg, I would, I would just do it with my webcam right here and, and loom that video and then say, Hey, I've got a repos- repository of videos. Hmm. Uh, but then 
the issue was that they started picking the videos they wanted to see or they felt they needed at the time. Hmm. So one of the things that happens when we graduate from our real estate school to get our real estate life, uh, to actually go test and get our real estate license, uh -huh. we've learned something very important. And that is how to stay out of real estate jail. That's, that's the way I refer to it, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but they do not tell you how to run a real estate business. They don't tell you how to, how to make a sale. They don't even really tell you much about how to fill out a contract. Right. They tell you what's in the contract to, to not get in trouble. And ultimately they're teaching you how to, how to act in the best interest of the client. But there is no how to run a business. So I mentioned McDonald's before. I lean on this just because, again, I, by the way, not a fan. I don't eat it. But, <laughs> sure. but, but hey, the business there's nothing model. wrong with a Big Mac every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? So. Well, yeah, I heard the McRib's coming back. I mean, that's, that's true. Um, it comes and goes. It comes yeah. So, uh, So they do have, you know, an incredible system, though. And if, if you went out to buy a McDonald's today, hmm. you could have run... 10 different large companies, been the CEO of a billion dollar organization. And no matter what, Greg, you still have to go to Florida to Fred Turner Hamburger University. And you have to go through an intensive three-week training course on the MOS or McDonald's operating system. Now that operating system is not a single operating system. It's, it's a multitude of small operating systems. It's how to operate the Big Mac line, how to operate the fries, how to uh, operate inventory control, how to operate close uh, or opening the restaurant, That's shift right. change, dropping the money, crisis management, uh, mindset, right? All these different things are a part of it. Mm -hmm. And you have to go through that. You sure, are sure. not able to operate a McDonald's if you haven't gone through that training. And that is actually how to run the business. Wow. That is not, you know, nutri you know, that's not food license training, sure, right? Sure. Uh, how to make sure you keep people healthy. So, uh, so the same thing that is missing in the real estate industry. And, uh, and there are a lot of people with great classes and I've taken sure. many, many, many of the classes and some of the people you've had on the show have phenomenal classes. Right. What I haven't seen though, is a curriculum based, uh, scenario where you have to finish module a before you can move on to module B and module okay. B before you move down to module C sequentially. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And if you can imagine, you know, if, if you got thrown into math class, in the first grade and they wanted to teach you pre-calculus and you didn't know arithmetic or multiplication or division or equations, you're not going to happen to apply. That would be near impossible, right? You'd have to understand basic numbers first. Sure. And so it's the same type of thing. And some people are going to look at these courses and, and they came out of another business and they're going to feel somewhat elementary to them but it will all come together as it, as it goes through. So, uh, so ultimately I'm building that out uh, for my team. The reason that it came together was I realized that I really needed something for my team members to be able to come into and learn our systems from start to finish. And when I say our systems, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what CRM you use. Sure. It, it's how you, I, there are better CRMs. I don't mean to say that, you know, that, that old uh, adage of, you know, the one you use is the best. No, there are better CRMs out there, but whichever one you happen to be using, it's a matter of how are, are you housekeeping? Are you keeping that CRM? Are you categorizing and putting your clients in the right buckets, in the right campaigns? Are you knowing when to follow up with them? All of these things are critically important. Hmm. However, you need to, you know, you could have a great CRM. How do you market and generate leads? Right. Uh, when you put them into the CRM, what are you doing with them? Uh, once you've done that, how are you messaging them? How are you calling them and speaking to them? I hear all the time from my agents that, I don't know what to say to them. Hmm. 
Mm. I, you know, it's telling, it, it just gave me a task to call wow. and, and what to say. And you know what I take? If you don't have anything to say, Greg, here, yeah. I'm going to role play it with you right now. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Greg, this is Alex over at the Ribbon Group. Hey, just giving you a call. Just, uh, just wanted to check in, see how your Thanksgiving was going and see how your holiday seasons were going. Right. Right. You say whatever you say back. Oh, sure. they're going pretty good. Okay, great. Yep. Well, like I said, just wanted to touch base. Hey, has anything changed at all for you in regards to any of your real estate needs? No. Okay, great. Well, I'll follow up with you after the new year. I know that you were talking about wanting to buy in March. Right. Right. But it's just to touch base now. I didn't need to say anything. I didn't need to have the script about interest rates or why to buy now or any of that. Right. It's just a matter of building rapport. So mm. it literally goes through all of these different elements from mm. kind of an A to Z approach Okay. And it's a, it's basically, you know, you should be able to finish it in about two weeks, hmm. Okay, but it could be a three to four week course, but it is a, it is a how to operate your business as a, as a professional real estate agent course. Love so that. once you're done with licensing, this is really for the newer agents coming in or even agents that are in a year or two, but never really went through the, how to run a business and are more haphazardly doing, mm-hmm. even if they're doing 12 or 15 deals and making great money, Sure. still how to make this more consistent. So you're not basically here to zero every month or only as good as your next commission, as some people would say. Right. And, and I, I love the fact that you're really stating that out and you were talking about sequentially breaking everything down and having actionable details for everybody out there who who's going through that. Now, what's the, I guess, what's the best way for everybody to reach out to you, Alex, if, if somebody's interested to kind of learning more or what's going on, how do they get a hold of you? How do they learn more about this particular course? And then when might it be available for everybody out there too? Sure. Well, I'll hit the, uh, the second question first, which yes. is, uh, so I am launching this for my entire team uh, at the, at the very end of the year. So they're okay. going to be on it basically the first of January. Um, I'm going to, you know, we're going to prune certain parts of it that are specific to the team and elements of the team and commercialize it, so to speak. So it, so it works for more people. Okay. Uh, and, and we plan on having that released by the end of the first quarter of 2021. So end of March, uh, basically beginning of April, 2021, that should be available. Okay. Um, we are building it on a platform, but I do not have the, uh, it'll likely be on alexridland.com or the Group.com at some subdomain but okay. I've not chosen the specifics on that yet. Um, right. I do have the platform, everything else, but if you wanted to get a hold of me and learn more about it in the meantime, uh, by all means, reach out to me via email, which is alex at the uh, Or you could also uh, reach out to me through Facebook. Just find me on Facebook, uh, friend me and, and send me a messenger request. And I'm happy to chat with you about what I've got going on. Love that. And Alex, uh, you know, thank you so much for sharing that information for everybody out there too. Uh, and when it is fully launched and ready to rock and roll, Alex, if you wouldn't mind sending me some, some information or links, I'd be more than happy to share it out with everybody in the audience as well too. Uh, before we wrap everything up, Alex, I have one more question for you. And this sure. is really, there, there might be some um, already kind of gone across um, takeaways that you've already gone through, because there's so much information and knowledge and, and just that you've already shared. But if you could look back at your career thus far and pick or choose, you know, one or two things that you've added to your business that took it from one level to the next, any advice that you would give out to anybody who's watching or listening? And I know you've already spoken about the importance of systems and, and really going through, but if there's any one or two things very specific that you could advise on, what would that be? Sure. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit on a couple things. So okay. one, um, I, I am a big believer in mentors and mentorship and okay. leveraging the mentors and mentorship in, in several different ways, right? You're going to learn a ton. So I've had several different coaches 
um, you know, in, in the short period of time that I've been in the industry, uh, all in the real estate fields, a, a couple of them with a big coaching company, one of them that's an individual coach, but one of the most sought after and, and you know, biggest, brightest coaches in the industry. Uh, and not only do I learn a ton of information from them, but I'm able to connect through them with other people that they're coaching, other people that they're doing things with, because you become part of this group, you become mm. part of this uh, kind of niche uh, sure, of, sure. of people, and everybody is just happy to help you, mm. right? So, uh, so again, I've, I've been coached and mentored by some of the best and the brightest, and not just in this industry and others as well. Mm. Uh, so one is surround yourself with that. The second, I would okay. say absolutely 100% get out there to conferences, get out there to, and I, you know, COVID aside, when sure. conferences come back, uh, you know, some of the great things that I've done is going to Lab Codes Live. Lab Code mm -hmm. Agents Live was a great, right. great conference uh, that I've been to a couple of times down in mm -hmm. San Diego. I've been to Club Wealth events. I've been to John Cheplock events. I've been to, you know, several different events across the country. Sure. It's so worth it. Not only do you walk away with amazing information, mm -hmm. but you meet other amazing people that are either at your stage, slightly beyond your stage or well beyond your stage. And again, you now have them and they know you as a person, mm -hmm. not just as a name on Facebook. Sure, so sure. when you do reach out, it's great. And by the way, I, I get a lot of agent to agent referrals mm -hmm. as a result of the connections I've made. So that's been phenomenal as well. Wow. I, I mean, Alex, when you're talking about, I mean, this has just been a wealth of knowledge all the way through and through, but that those, those are the takeaways that you're mentioning. I mean, crucially important, really surrounding yourself with great people, uh, you know, bringing on coaches or mentors into your life to help you elevate and accelerate what you're currently doing, because we can only look at so many things from our own perspective. We need outside eyes, trusted advisors in our lives to really push us and motivate us. No matter how self-motivated you are in this world, you always need somebody to, to kind of evaluate and push forward. Otherwise, it's easy to plateau. It's easy to stop. I, I love what you mentioned about the physicality and networking, whether it's physically into your town or into your city or your state, or going outside of it more importantly and going to these events. Yes, COVID has been difficult for that. There's lots of virtual events, but it's not the same. And I find I, I would echo that. I love going and learning, whether I'm speaking on stage or whether I'm sitting in the audience and learning with everybody else. For me, it's the, the lunches, the breakfast, the cocktails, the coffees. It's the offshoots of these events where you really get to have deep, intimate conversations with people, like you said, that are in an earlier stage, the same stage or a further stage in your career, in your life. And I just think they're invaluable. So I, I couldn't stress that enough to everybody. That is huge advice, Alex. So um, yeah, thank you so much. And, and again, I just, uh, I know you and I could chat on and on and on. There's so many different things that we could go through and take away, but just for the sake of time and for everybody out there, Alex, uh, I just, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking your time to share your story and your message. So much knowledge that everybody out there. Uh, you are an official real estate Titan, my friend. So I, I need to dub that in there. That is the thing. <laughs> People put that on the resumes. It's out there now. So, uh, but this is really good. And I can't thank you enough, Alex, truly. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And glad, uh, glad to be here. And, and once again, very honored to be here. This is awesome. And everybody, thank you as well for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like here with doing Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like and subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I do need to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lionbolt Media. If you are in real estate, you're looking to grow and scale your business digitally. They just launched a, a, a new training. It's free. It's quite intense video, but it's on their Facebook page. If you just look up Lionbolt Media on Facebook, it's pinned up at the top. Um, it's really for growing and scaling your business digitally and dominating your current markets online 
for 2021. Uh, so take a look at that as well. Uh, we are live here every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks again, Alex. Thank you.